giggling to yourself, f***ing happy with yourself. In fact, I am. Hello and welcome to Chaotic Creations, a podcast where we take weird props and make weird Dungeons & Dragons characters. I'm Harper, your lawful nerdy paladin. And I'm Darby, your chaotic tired bard. And welcome to our 24th episode. Darby, we took a month off. Yes, we did. And now we're back. We had a lot of things that we wanted to work on in our month off, and it was also much better for our mental health. Thank you all for understanding and for sticking with the podcast. We really appreciate all of you so much, including our patrons who stuck with us through that month, including our newest patron. We would like to welcome Shipwreck, who joined us at the Merchant Tier. Thank you so much for supporting us, and we look forward to your support in the future. If you, like Shipwreck, would like to get cool perks for supporting and listening to this podcast, please feel free to go over to patreon.com slash chaoticpod to look at some of the sweet perks that we have there. You can support us for as little as $1 a month. Speaking of supporting us, we have a new affiliate code from Die Hard Dice for April. The code is CHAOSAPR. That is C-H-A-O-S-A-P-R. And if you use it on your checkout at dieharddice.com, you can get 10% off your entire order. This month, the product we are promoting is Luminous Ruby. This set has pink and purple swirls in it with this beautiful green glitter and gold numbering. Die Hard sent me this set and I absolutely love it. I use it for a home campaign that Harper and I play in for this character who's very, very sweet and also very bubbly and sparkly, just like this dice set is. So if you want to pick up a set for yourself, go to dieharddice.com. Speaking of Dice Darby, we just reached a thousand followers on Twitter and we are looking to celebrate with you, our loyal listeners. So we are going to be having a dice giveaway coming soon, courtesy of our friends at Die Hard Dice. Keep your eyes peeled on our Twitter at ChaoticPod for upcoming announcements regarding that. And Darby, remember how we are content creators for the Critical Misses Twitch channel? I do indeed. Well, the spring season for Critical Misses starts next week on April 5th. There are shows Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and you can see either Darby or I or both of our faces on every single Critical Misses show. That's right. I'm in all three of the shows. (laughs) And I'm in two of them. Monday is Kingsguard, a Roll20 sponsored show of D&D 5th edition that both Harper and I are in that is DM'd by the one, the only, Noir Enigma. On Wednesdays, it's Under Pale Cold Sun, a Vampires the Masquerade 5th edition game DM'd by the lovely D. And on Fridays, it is System Crash, a show that both Harper and I are in, where we are dropped into new systems with zero preparation. A truly chaotic time. So if you'd like to see our faces and some of our good friends here in the TTRPG content creation sphere, be sure to check those out. It is 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Also, we are changing our release schedule for this podcast and some of our other content. We are now, as you have noticed, releasing this podcast on Friday mornings instead of Wednesdays. And Hidden Magics, our actual play campaign that is played on our Twitch channel, will now be airing on Sundays. Check out our Twitter for more details on that. Twitter.com slash chaoticpod. But I think we should probably jump into the episode. Harper has been telling me that she has a fun and joyous idea for me for April Fool's. Yep, I am planning on pranking Darby with this prompt. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. 
Alright, Darby, because today is our April Fool's Day episode, I have a particular character in mind that I have been chuckling about making you make for a while. Okay. I would like for you, please, to make me a human fighter. I am overflowing with such joy and jubilation at this prompt. <laughs> oh, I, I, I think it's funny. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. I really am. I hope that our listeners will too. We're going to make a variant human fighter. Darby, I am challenging you to make this the most overdone and arguably boring of builds chaotic. Thank God, because I thought you were about to tell me to make this the most boring character humanly possible. <laughs> I Here's my thing. I want them to sound boring at, like, first glance, and then you get into it and you're like, oh, this person's interesting. Okay, well, I'm gonna roll some stats. For a reminder, for those of you who have listened before, and for those of you who have not, the way that we roll stats here on Chaotic Creations is we roll 4d6s. You can re-roll any ones that you get, and you take the three highest numbers and add them together. That is one stat. And you do it six times for all six stats. Want to hear these stats, Harper? I would love to. The stats for this incredibly boring human fighter? 15, 13, 18, 14, 10, 16. Oh my gods. Well, we're going to be a fighter. So the question is, Darby, do you want to be a dexterity-based fighter or a strength-based fighter? I need to look up fighting styles because I've never bothered to look at fighters. <laughs> We have made a fighter before on this very podcast. We just made an interesting fighter. Okay, you made a fighter. <laughs> I want you to make a fighter that at first glance appears boring, which means there is kind of a choice for us if we're making a boring fighter. No. <laughs> no, don't make me do champion. <laughs> <laughs> Not a champion. <laughs> Please. I mean, if you can make a boring case for one of the other subtypes, I'd love to hear it. You love me so much. I'm one of your favorite people. You're really f***ing testing me right now. <laughs> How about a cavalier? Can I please make a cavalier? You want to make a horsey boy? I want to make a horse girl. Oh my god. Yes. The horse girl fears real. <laughs> I mean, Darby, I don't know if I ever told you this. I was a horse girl. That's it for this episode. Tune back in never <laughs> as my friendship with Harper is now ended. Hey, I am a former horse girl. Horse girl. Horse girl. I was really into, like, dead people vehicles. Okay, I, TV, I was super into dead people. That, that, oh, that sounds bad. I was super into forensic anthropology or the idea of becoming a forensic anthropologist for a while. So like, and me being a horse girl is the bad thing here. I was mourning. <laughs> What's your excuse? I read too many books. <laughs> My father died and your excuse is I read too many books. <laughs> Look, it was a way to get out of the house, man. <laughs> Because here's the thing, I wasn't just a horse girl. I was a horse girl whose mother indulged her. I went to horse camp. Nay, say it ain't so! I, for one year, leased a horse and went out to the barn three to four days a week to ride said horse. 
Anyways, tune in next week as I bring in my next co-host. Wow, this is the first time that I've been cancelled as the co-host. Fucking horse girls. <laughs> anyway, I think that, yeah, I think that horse girl is the most basic kind of human we could make here and not make them a champion. Okay. Do cavaliers have any kind of weapon? You're going to want a polearm, most likely, if yeah. you're wielding it from the back of a horse. And that's a strength weapon? Generally speaking, yeah. Okay, so let's make it a... She buff. She strong. She strong as hell. I'm actually picturing... We say horse girl. I'm now picturing Brienne of Tarth, but on a horse. Actually, you know what? I think Brienne of Tarth might be a paladin. Because her thing is swearing her oath. That That is true. Compelling case, right? I can make a case for all of my favorite fictional women being paladins. Did you like Marjorie? Or warlocks. <laughs> oh, I loved Marjorie. She deserved better. <clears throat> Anyways. Symptom of be- being a former horse girl. Darby, did you ever watch the TV show Saddle Club? No. I've never heard of it, nor do I Nor do I want to hear too much information about it, so make it scant. Okay, so it is uh, an Australian TV show no. aimed at preteen girls that focuses around three friends who all ride at the same stable and they form a club because you know how all young girls form clubs with their friends and they call it the Saddle Club. And they made a movie and it was glorious. <laughs> I used to watch it when I was sick. <laughs> this, this is the episode where my past gets exposed. <laughs> What was the point of bringing this movie up? <laughs> you know, I didn't really have one, but I just wanted to mention that when I think of horse girls, no! that's more in my head. No! I hate to hear about it, but not <laughs> Okay. Okay, intelligence is going to be a 10. I am offended as a former horse girl who had a much higher intelligence than 10. How dare. This horse girl don't have much intelligence. Sweet bean. Okay, fine. Okay. I'm going to put 16 in dexterity because I think riding a horse requires a bit of, you know. Yeah. I'd also say maybe a high amount of wisdom because of all that animal handling that she's going to need to do. I agree. I'm going to put the 15 in wisdom. I'm going to put 14 in con and 13 in charisma. Sounds good to me. As a variant human, you are able to boost two scores by one. So we're Mm -hmm. going to boost strength by one and wisdom by one. Yes. For I do not care to raise charisma. (laughs) You, the audience, can't see me staring dead into the camera, but Harper can. No, she's making direct eye contact with me. It's hilarious. As a horse girl, they'll get proficiency in animal handling. I will give that to them as they variant human racial feature. Actually, you can get proficiency in animal handling as a bonus proficiency at third level when you take Cavalier. So, Oh, well then, let's change it to performance. Performance? I'm kind of envisioning in my head... What kind of person, what kind of human would be a horse girl? Lots of them, they exist. Unfortunately so. Hey, some of my friends are still horse people. Anyways, tune back in next week when I bring in Milan Ardalan (laughs) as my new (laughs) co-host. 
I feel I feel like maybe we're isolating out a large portion of potential audience. So let me say, when we say horse girl, we do not necessarily mean girl who rides horse. We mean girl whose life is riding horse. Everyone knows a horse girl. If you or a loved one have been affected by <laughs> on horse girls anyways when i think of like horse shows i think of like you know they like trot and then like you know they jump and they look pretty and stuff and you have to be good at putting on a show with your horse that's kind of what i picture with a horse girl so that's why i'm giving performance i was also maybe envisioning though the idea of like trick riding Hmm. okay which would be i think more in the line of like acrobatics You've seen, like, the riders who can do things like stand on the horse's back and stuff like that? Oh, you know, now I'm thinking, like, a Cirque du Soleil shit, like, ooh. And that's why she's so strong, is that she's just used to, like, riding her horse and just, like, snatching people up and, like, placing them onto her shoulders as she's riding this horse. I love it. Okay, okay, I, I can bounce with that. And I get a free feat of my choice. Is there an option besides Mounted Combatant? Because you're not automatically given it. I'm not? No. For me, the fun thing about Mounted Combatant is that it kind of adds on to the bonuses that you get from being a Cavalier. Because as a Cavalier, you have advantage on saving throws to avoid falling off your mount. And it takes less of your movement to get on and off your horse. Mm -hmm. And also, you can land on your feet when you fall off your horse. But what Mounted Combatant does is if you are mounted and you are attacking a creature that is unmounted and smaller than your mount, which is going to be, you know, most creatures you fight, you have advantage on attack rolls against those creatures because you're mounted. You have the high ground, Anakin. (sighs) You can also, because the problem with, of course, being mounted is you have a mount and it's alive and people can attack it. But if you get Mounted Combatant, you can force people to attack you instead of your mount. So your fragile horse boy doesn't get hurt. And if your mount is subjected to something that makes it make a deck saving throw to avoid damage, you can give it basically the rogue benefit of if you succeed, you take no damage. And if you fail, you take half damage. So basically Mounted Combatant is all about giving yourself extra damage, like advantage on your attack rolls, but then also keeping your mount safe, which I feel like would be important to a horse girl. Yep, I think that is correct. We're going to come back to feats at the end of the episode because Variant Human, we're going to be able to make two feats. I have a question. Sure. What constitutes a mount? I hate that question so much. I suppose that depends upon your dungeon master, Darby. Why, what did you have in mind? I see that it is possible to uh, have an elephant mount. No, I I, I am putting my foot down. Well then, (laughs) how about a camel? I thought we were making a horse girl. At a glance, it's a horse. No, it's not. Have you ever seen a camel and a horse? They are very different looking, Darby. At a glance, this is a horse girl. Because when you think of a cavalier, what else would a cavalier be mounted on but a horse? But lo and behold, it's not a horse. I have ridden horses. I have ridden camels. They are not the Like, I think that riding camel would be fun. But, like, I just want to point out, they don't look alike. If that was the curio- If that was the problem here. So I'm looking at the list. And our options are camel, donkey, elephant, which I'm putting my foot down about. A draft horse, a riding horse, a war horse, a mastiff, a pony. These are our options. 
I feel like Mastiff, though, is not an option because it is medium and you need to be a size smaller than your mount. Is a donkey a large creature? I think that it might be a medium creature. So I think that our options are actually camel, elephant, the various horses, and that's it. Can I make a case for a horse, but it is flavored as an American mammoth jackstock donkey? Only because that was so specific. I want to hear the case for it. An American mammoth jackstock donkey is a breed of North American donkey that is about the size of a horse. (laughs) I am looking at this donkey. You're telling me that that's not a horse? That's a donkey. (laughs) (laughs) It's a donkey. I'm seeing people next to them and that's, that's a horse. The world's tallest living donkey was... Over two and two-thirds times as tall as the world's shortest donkey. He was born in 2004. He weighs 1,300 pounds and he's 68 inches tall. Okay, so I'm looking at pictures of these donkeys, right? And I'm like thinking to myself, what if we've had unicorns wrong on this whole time? What if they're not actually horses with horns? What if they are these massive donkeys with horns? You would deny me an elephant, but you would give me a donkey. Unicorn. I would not give you donkey unicorn. That's just an observation I had. But I think that a mammoth donkey. Sure. It can be a mammoth donkey. A reflavored horse that is a mammoth donkey. Dang. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Look at them. They're so huge. They're so big. That's a horse. <laughs> I'm going to take a look at backgrounds first. Sure, let's do it. Because I'm inclined to pick... They don't have a circus person, do they? I mean, I feel like either entertainer or gladiator might work well for that. I think entertainer. I like the idea of someone who, like Cirque du Soleil sort of tricks and circus stuff. They ride this horse to the point where they don't have to literally be holding reins. Like they, the horse and this individual have a strong connection. And they care for each other. And this woman can literally lift up anyone who comes in her way. Because I am absolutely going to take a feat that increases that strength to a 20. Because if I'm going to make a horse girl, I'm going to make this the strongest horse girl humanly possible. I feel like you're underestimating how strong real horse girls are. Darby, are you are you aware of the strength required to ride a horse? Sure. I'm being serious. I'm sure that horse girls would reign supreme if it came into a strength contest versus me. But I'm sure I can saddle up and give them a little bit of a fight. I don't want to spur on any negative emotions, though. So let's move on. Anyway, so let's talk about this character's background. We're going to go with Entertainer. So I gain a proficiency with performance and one of my choice. Mm-hmm. Normally, as an entertainer, you get proficiency with acrobatics, but you've already taken proficiency in acrobatics, so we need to pick a different background. So if she was in a circus, what else would I think perhaps something like persuasion or deception? I was thinking the same. I would think persuasion, like the idea of like trying to entice someone to come to the show, right? Uh, a lot of circuses will sometimes send people out to do performances in the street, right? People to try and sway others to bring them into the show. So I think persuasion would make sense. Or, you know, I thought I had, if she does performances from the back of the horse, 
or the donkey, then perhaps sleight of hand would also be appropriate. She does have high dexterity, but we still haven't picked the class proficiencies. That's true. Neither of those are class proficiencies that are available to us. I see. Hmm. You know, I like the idea of persuasion because she's already got naturally high dexterity. So maybe this is like the one charismatic skill that she's good at. Yeah. Besides performance. Besides performance. Yeah. Just just the flashy, showy, like genuine in the way that like performing is like a bearing of one's like soul and mm-hmm. like ideals and stuff like that as opposed to beating the shit out of you or lying to you and being deceptive yeah exactly uh, i also gave proficiency with an instrument and i find the idea of playing a veal while standing on the back of a running donkey very entertaining so you say that but you made it a horse girl you gave her a donkey why is banjo not the go-to country music intensifies yeah if we're making her a, a good old-fashioned country gal you gotta give her a banjo there's no banjo so i gave her a lute because country girls make do do you know what i'm referencing when i say that no oh god don't i don't want to be dragged into the rabbit hole thank you So now is where we can take the at first glance boring human fighter and make her more interesting with the background, right? I'm talking personality trait, ideal, bond, and flaw. So let's start getting into a little bit more about what makes her interesting as a person. Mm -hmm. So which of these personality traits is really speaking to you? Really like the I'll settle for nothing less than perfection. I'm thinking that why would someone who is doing what is usually like horse tricks doing it with literally the largest donkey possible? I think maybe it's someone who's just like stubborn and it's like bonded with this donkey. Ah, wait, so it's not a donkey. It's a mule. She is as stubborn as her mule. She's stubborn as a mule and has bonded with a mule and is like, I'm going to perform these tricks with this mule or I'm leaving the circus. (laughs) (laughs) So I like the idea of someone who will settle for nothing less than perfection because I think they are training like crazy with their mule with their donkey to be perfect because everyone's like, you can't do these tricks with the donkey. Like, (laughs) she's like, bet, I'm going to do it. I also think that maybe I love a good insult, even one directed at me. Yeah. I like that she is a fairly easygoing person. Mm -hmm. Like not a lot phases her, including getting insulted to her face. And that she just is like, I'll give as good as I get. I I love giving out funny insults. I love hearing them. I like it when you get creative when insulting me, because as a horse girl, she's heard her fair share of insults. I'm also thinking... It's like, it doesn't matter if someone's insulting her. Oh, you're never gonna get anywhere with that donkey. Because she's like, ha ha, yeah, watch. <laughs> she doesn't matter. She's like, ha ha, that's a good one. Come back next week. So we've got our personality traits. What about ideal? What's important to her? I kind of like that idea that we sort of hit on a little earlier, but the idea that the performance and persuasion are the only things that are kind of charisma based in her skill set. I kind of like honesty. Art should reflect the soul and it should come from within and reveal who we really are. Mm, I like that idea. Okay. And I also like the people. I like seeing smiles on people's faces when I perform. That's all that matters. I think it kind of fits with this sort of genial character almost. Who doesn't settle for anything less than perfection. Is okay like taking an insult and kind of rolling with it. Bouncing off. And the reason why they work so hard is to bring a smile to people's faces. Because they actually genuinely love performing and what they do. They just want to do it their way. I like that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. 
I also think that there is something very, like, country-esque about, like, good old-fashioned honesty mm. being the thing that is most important to you. So, like, this being, like, a country girl and a horse girl who's big into honesty makes a lot of sense to me. Bonds. See, to me, I'm like, yeah, technically she's an entertainer and she has an instrument she's proficient with. But to me, I'm like, well, the thing that she entertains with, this the core of that, is her mount. Her donkey. So it's, my donkey is my most treasured possession, and it reminds me of someone I love. I wonder then if her donkey was bred by her family. That would make sense. Like, a lot of times uh, animals are bred inside of, like, for a specific purpose. Mm -hmm. Maybe this donkey was, like, a cast-off, you know? Like, not what they were looking for. Or maybe this circus originally used donkeys. Mm -hmm. Imagine, like, this girl's family was the originator of the circus, and they started the circus with these large-ass donkeys. And mm -hmm. that was part of, like, the appeal is, like, these donkeys are, like, crazy big. And could be like, ooh, ah, like, oh, it's so cool. Like, this family's, like, doing this thing. But maybe generations back, right? Not maybe her literal mother and father, but, like, a couple of generations back. Mm -hmm. And then as time moved forward... As her family stopped being like literally the only one doing the whole shindig and having more and more people come in it becoming a more business thing. The donkeys started falling out of style because the family was very good at handling them. And as the family grew and not necessarily stayed in the circus, they sort of started drifting off. And so the donkeys stopped being bred as much because people were like, I'd rather use these horses. Maybe they're really finicky. I like that. I like that idea. I also like the bond. Maybe we can give her two bonds, but I also quite like I idolize a hero of the old tales and measure my deeds against that person's because if she does come from a long line of people who bred these donkeys that are, you know, huge and people who like have been running this circus for generations, then there have probably been multiple extremely talented trick riders that have come through the generations and she's just trying to live up to them. Like heritage genealogy. I remember years and years and years ago, I watched this program on the History Channel about this woman who she was just like looking through horses to buy and she came across this horse and she's like, that's not a normal horse. That is not like a horse breed that anyone has seen in like the modern age, really. Mm -hmm. And it turns out this horse was like maybe one of the last few horses of this genealogy that the Mongols, quote, quote, used back in the day. And this is maybe one of the last few. So she bought it and she was like trying to revive that gene pool, so to speak, that breed. I'm thinking maybe similar with these donkeys. Maybe these donkeys are kind of like not a thing anymore. They used to be more commonly found, but now they're sort of dwindling. I think I'm more interested less in the donkeys themselves for this particular part and more like in the humans who came before her because one of the things that's kind of true about humans in Dungeons and Dragons because they do tend to be like the least interesting of the races, right? They have really short lifespans. They don't have anything very special about them that makes them cool. The idea is that they're supposed to be very versatile and that they have a sense of legacy that a lot of the races in Dungeons and Dragons don't have because when you're a longer lived race, you, you have a great sense of history but in terms of what you pass down to the next generation it doesn't matter as much because you're going to overlap with them a lot whereas with humans the whole idea is that you need to build a legacy granted that means that humans are often also the bad guys because they want to build legacy and don't care about who it hurts but i like the idea of if you are making a human in dungeons and dragons think about like what is their legacy what came before them what do they want to leave behind because they're very conscious of it yeah i'm thinking like an intersection because i brought up the donkeys to be like mm -hmm. maybe it's like a mixture of both not only 
only is it like this family history of someone like back then was like this great extremely talented trick writer in a way that like no one else was Mm -hmm. and carved this path that other people are now doing but it's now sort of disseminated from being these donkeys in a specific family to being like these horses and at this point like the donkeys are out of vogue so to speak and so not being bred and just as a result there aren't many of these donkeys left in the world so we need a flaw for this character and I feel like we already have one in the sense of she's incredibly stubborn but which of these flaws is speaking to you from this list I kind of like bouncing off of the ideal mm-hmm. of honesty and also the idea of like a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Both seem like things that would lead someone to have a flaw of I have trouble keeping my true feelings hidden and their sharp tongue often lands them in trouble. I can definitely see that. Someone who just like speaks their mind without too much of a thought for who might be listening. Yeah. And it's not the with the intention to be like cruel It is just like, no, but that's the truth, isn't it? It's just, Mm -hmm. this is how it is. Saying things honestly, but not cruelly. Mm -hmm. I always dislike when people are like, you're either telling someone a sweet lie or you're brutally honest. You can be nicely honest. Mm -hmm. You don't have to like, you know, if someone's being disingenuous, you don't have to be like, you're a piece of crap. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless they're being extremely annoying, then, you know, maybe it's time. But- I think Mm -hmm. this person would not jump to that immediately, but would be like, that's pretty disingenuous, though. Yeah, I feel like a person who likes to be around people and really values honesty and doesn't have the highest charisma is like, you're going to say what you think a lot, and Mm -hmm. it's not always going to be in the most palatable of ways. Thinking like someone actually calling, for anyone who reads Laura Olympus, someone who calls out Thetis on everything that she says and does with Minth. Mm-hmm. Just like being like, she's not a good friend. She's a terrible person. She's extremely toxic. Mm-hmm. Being honest about those behaviors in a non-toxic way. Yes, absolutely. That's the kind of person that this character is. So let's go ahead and jump back to look at class features. So for fighter, we're going to need to pick two skills and we need to choose them. We've already gotten acrobatics and animal handling. Mm-hmm. So we're going to need to choose two from athletics, history, insight, intimidation, perception, and survival. Okay. I'm thinking perhaps perception. Mm-hmm. Someone who is maybe looking for, marks is not the word I'm looking for, but is the best one that comes to mind. Like someone who would be easily entertained by what you're going to do. Like looking mm-hmm. for people who look like they would enjoy entertainment. I can see it. Perhaps hand in hand with that insight. I think that those two paired together would work really well. And I think that they also make double sense because right now we've kind of focused on the background a lot. But bringing it back to the fighter aspect, it makes a lot of sense for someone to be able to quickly read the lay of the land and get and size up their opponent. Mm -hmm. And then we are going to need to pick also a fighting style. And there are lots of options, but I really love the idea of great weapon fighting because when we're talking about like wielding a polearm from the back of a mount. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to be doing that two-handed, most likely. It just makes the most sense. So I quite like the idea of great weapon fighting because just automatically you're making, you're using two-handed fighting already. You might as well be rolling extra damage with it, especially with mounted combatant getting advantage on those rolls. And the idea of someone who's, who knows their mount better than literally anyone else in the world, not necessarily needing to hold the reins and guide them, Mm -hmm. just kind of like using clicks and like kicks to guide their mount right absolutely yeah 
So I kind of I do like the idea of a great weapon fighting. You get second wind. You get an action surge. And so the three things that we get with Cavalier are the bonus proficiency in animal handling. We are also born to the saddle. So it's, like I said, advantage on saving throws made to avoid falling off. And then unwavering mark. So basically, if you hit a creature with a melee attack, you can mark them until the end of your next turn. And if a creature is marked, if they are within five feet of you and make an attack against something other than you, which includes your mount or any other of your allies, it has disadvantage on that attack roll. And if it deals damage to anyone other than you, then you can make an attack against them as a bonus action on your next turn. And it does extra damage, equal to half your fighter level. Fun. Yep. Well, I have an idea in mind for the feet. Yes, tell me. I'm thinking of going with the athlete feet. Interesting. Okay. Because, one, it gives a bonus of strength. Gotta, I, I really want to max that 19 out to a 20. The other thing is that you can make a running long jump or running high jump after moving only 5 feet on foot rather than 10 feet. I like the idea of should, you know, she be dismounted and separated a little bit from her mount, she can just jump onto the back of her mount. <laughs> that sounds like something... Like someone who's like proficient with acrobatics and is like this circusy show person would do is mm-hmm. to like, oh, I fell off and just like roll with it as if it's part of the show. Oh, they fell off. They just like roll, tumble, stand back up and then jump right back onto the back of the donkey. I can totally see that happening. Okay. I'm rounding up that strength to a nice 20. And I think we talked about it a bit, but absolutely the signature weapon here is what? Um, Polar. Um, Which one, though? There's lots of them. I think, then, I'm gonna go with a glaive. Okay. Reach, super nice. I think, also, just the idea of a sword on a stick is just very funny. (laughs) I know it's not literally a sword on a stick, but... No, but, like, the imagery of it. I like it. Mm -hmm. I think that you can also see, like, a lot of applications in the circus for a glaive-type weapon. Mm-hmm. So I think that it would make a lot of sense to go from that into more of a martial traveling fighter scenario. Yeah. Well, then Darby, we need to name our horse girl. Hmm. And here's my thing, is that the entire time we've been talking about horse girls, have you not been picturing a white country girl in your head the whole time? I mean, obviously. So what's the whitest country girl name we can think of? Bethany. We should also probably give her a last name, because her last name would be the name of the circus, wouldn't it? Uh, Yes, I would think so. I'm trying to think of, like, what is, like, a very typical American last name. Johnson. That, like, would make sense as a circus name. What was the name of the guy? When we talk about American, because, like, yeah, there's Cirque du Soleil, but when we talk about, like, American circus, the one that comes ahead is Barnum and Bailey, right? Bethany Bailey. Bethany Bailey or Bethany Barnum or Bethany Barley. I like Barley because I hate Barnum. I know, right? Me too. What a jackass. Yeah. Class A racist. Yep. But like also that Barley kind of has ties with like what horses eat. I literally spelled it Barley. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Bethany Barley and her trusty donkey. Do you also like human names for animals? Because I do. Because think about about, like the, the circus announcer being like, the great Bethany Barley and her trusty donkey, James. Nope. Terrible. Does it have to be James, though? No. Don't 
horse names usually have like uh but it's not a horse it's a donkey i don't know i feel like though if i was a circus announcer i'd be giving them like a flashy name like storm silver or like if it was a horse though right this is not a horse this is a donkey bob bethany and bob Mm -hmm. or jebediah honestly just like (laughs) or zebediah bobadiah 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 she just calls him bob Mm -hmm. bobadiah is his stage name Mm -hmm. please bobadiah was my father's name (laughs) call me bob That's all for this week. Be sure to join us next week for another Chaotic Creation. Chaotic Creations is created, produced, and hosted by Harper Hayes and Darby Pack. Editing is by Harper Hayes, and web design is by Darby Pack. Art is by Kiku Hughes, you can find on Twitter at Kiku Hughes, and the music is by Kevin McLeod. Transcriptions are by AJ Ray. Find him on Twitter at Husha underscore kid. If you like what we do, please support us on patreon.com slash chaoticpod for awesome perks, including bonus content and exclusive access. If you'd rather support us with a one-time donation, you can also support us on Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash chaoticcreations. We are Diehard Dice Affiliates. Help support us and our friends at Diehard by using our discount code to get 10% off your total order at dieharddice.com. We are also proud partners of Critical Misses, an inclusive online TTRPG community streaming on Twitch. Catch our podcast and other fun shows at twitch.tv slash criticalmisses. If you want to chat with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram as at chaoticpod. You can also join our Discord server by going to our website, chaoticpod.com, or via our link tree in our Twitter bio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. It helps new listeners to find us. And tell your favorite nerdy friend about us while you're at it. It's the best way to help us grow. Thanks for listening. <laughs>